Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I hope you're having a great day today, and I hope that you've been walking with the Lord. In fact, I hope you've been doing those three things. What is that? You say, here it is. Pray, read your Bible, and witness every single day. Do those three things every day, and I promise it'll help keep you uh, where you need to be as far as growing in the Lord. If you'll do those three things every day and not just go through the motions, but do it with intent and do it on purpose and do it focused, pray, read your Bible, and be a soul winner. We've been studying in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and that's where we'll be again today. And we're looking here at the topic, the subject of the Lord's table. The church in Corinth has a long list of things not right, a long list of things that Paul has to address, deal with, and correct. In fact, when we think about the church that is in Corinth, we think about a church that is very carnal. It's a church that exposed themselves as being spiritually immature. There were divisions in the church. There was contention and schism in the body over personality, over being puffed up with knowledge, over covering sin. They're full of pride. They are disputing one with another, and instead of handling it like Christians should, they just go ahead, call Judge Judy, and try to get it taken care of in the courts, and they are taking the name of Christ and dragging that name above every name through the mud. Now, they're also looking to eat meat offered unto idols to save money. Uh, Other issues are in this church as well. And Paul's having to address all of these things. It's amazing to me that in chapter number 9 specifically, they question Paul's apostleship and authority. Isn't that amazing how carnal they are, and yet they'd call into question the Apostle Paul, and Paul has to defend himself. Now, here in this chapter, Paul's dealt with two things. Number one is the role of male and female, the distinction, the difference, and the defining uh, characteristics and uh, practices of each and how they do not blur and they do not overlap, but men are men and women are women. He, He lays that out. And now he deals with the sin of taking the Lord's table, but not in a reverent manner. This church, these people, were coming together and observing the Lord's table, but they were not doing it as an act of remembrance. They were using it as an occasion for revelry, for uh, uh, for riotousness, for debauchery, and for sin. They were using it for an occasion to have dinner on the grounds, calling it the Lord's table, and getting into gluttony. They were drinking and becoming drunk, and all of these different sins taking place at the Lord's table. And Paul goes through, and we read it last broadcast, the meaning of the Lord's table— it is a, it's a it's a meal of remembrance and memorial. When that bread is broken, we do unleavened bread. Why? Because leaven's a type of sin, and Christ had no sin in Him. Yet His sinless body was broken for us, and the bread is broken. And when it's broken, we show the body of the Lord. Then the cup. We take that fruit of the vine, that grape juice, and 
That represents the blood of the New Testament, a testament of no force until the death of the testator, and Jesus Christ shed his blood to seal that promise to us, that covenant he paid our sin debt in full, and the price of our redemption is the precious blood of Christ, First Peter tells us that. And whenever you drink that cup, you are memorializing or remembering the blood of Christ. Now, the bread does not become the body of Christ, and the blood is not literally or rather the drink is not becoming literally the blood of Christ, as some would say. No trans, uh, what's that called, transubstantiation, none of that in the Scripture. It's just a picture. It is a representation. And so it's one of the most holy things that a Christian can be involved in. And so whenever we take the Lord's table, we are memorializing the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ for our sin. Verse 26, let's see what it says. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. So it is uh, an, an illustration, a memorial. It's a showing to those around us that Jesus he was crucified for us. His body was broken, and he shed his blood to pay for our sin. Verse 27, here is the danger. Here's the warning from Paul. Uh, let me give us a warning here. When your church does the Lord's table, our church does it every quarter. There's no set s schedule or standard in the Scripture. Just as often as you decide to do it, do it in remembrance of the Lord. But when your church comes together, it is not something to enter into lightly. We must enter into this thing with contrition, conviction, confession, repentance, cleansing, no known I mean, just uh, harbored sin in our heart. We need to make sure we get clean and right with God. Because here's what it said in verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Je of the Lord. So the, the thought here is whenever we enter into this thing and we do it hypocritically and we do it knowing that we're unclean and not right with God and have sin in our heart, that uh, we're drinking unworthily, we're eating unworthily, we're partaking unworthily, and uh, it's a sin against the Lord. And verse 28 says, But let a man examine himself. And what a great phrase that is. You ought to underline it in your Bible. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So the key to this is that we don't look at folks at the back door and say, now listen, you shouldn't take the Lord's table. We know you're caught up in this sin. Now you can't have the Lord's table. We know you're guilty of gossip or whatever else it is. No, we examine ourselves and we see where we stand with God. And if there's something in our life that would say, you know what, you're not worthy to take the Lord's Supper. You're not worthy to sit at that table. Here's what you ought to do. You confess your sin. You repent of that sin and let God cleanse you. First John 1, 9 tells us he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Get that thing taken care of, and then you can have a seat at the table for the observance of the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper. And we can uh, memorialize and we can commemorate and we can show forth the Lord's death and the shedding of his blood for our sin. But you don't come and do it with sin in your life. It's not some kind of a light thing or a party or a fellowship. You don't say, hey, can I get another shot of the grape juice or another bite of the bread over there? No, that's not what it's about. It's a solemn ordinance for the local church. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Think about the, st the, the stoutness 
of the statement. Damnation, not talking about in the sense of a soul being damned to hell, but it's talking about judgment and chastisement from God upon your life. You eat unworthily. By the way, the same thing ought to go for those who take part in special singing and stand behind a pulpit and preach, those who teach a Sunday school class in any kind of place of authority or leadership. You better make sure you're right with God and stay clean. You don't want to just make a mockery out of the ministry and a mockery out of the things of God and stand up there and preach righteousness while you're involved in unrighteousness. No, what you're doing is you're opening yourself up for judgment. You are unworthily partaking and participating. The same is true here. The church in Corinth, they had folks that were coming up to the table and they weren't looking to remember the blood of Christ. They wanted to get drunk. They didn't care about his broken body. They just were hungry and wanted to get full. And here's what the Bible said. They were unworthy and heaping to themselves judgment. And Paul said, here's the result of it. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. He said, hey, that's why a lot of you have this kind of uh, affliction in your flesh, in your body, your health isn't good, and some of you are have died. Why? Because they've come to the table unworthily. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, here's the command. If any man hunger, let him eat at home. You don't use the Lord's table, amen, to scratch that itch of hunger in your life, to keep your belly from growling. That is not what this is about. When you come together to eat, tarry one for another, and if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together unto condemnation. You can take such a holy thing as that table of communion, uh, that commemoration, that remembering of the Lord, of his death, burial, and resurrection, of his broken body and shed blood for us, and you can literally make it a condemning thing when you do it with the wrong spirit, the wrong attitude, and unconfessed sin. When you enter into it for your fleshly desires and it's all carnality, it is nothing but condemnation. And the rest, Paul says this, will I sit in order when I come? That must have struck fear into the heart of the Corinthians when they found out Paul's coming to town. And when he comes to town, he's going to be setting some wrong things right. I like the backbone of the preacher. He has compassion and conviction. He has a burden, and he's brazen, and he tells them, hey, listen, some things aren't right. You ought to get it right. Here's how to get it right. When I come, I'm going to make sure that the wrong is set right. Well, that's chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians. Join us next broadcast as we venture into chapter 12, a very important chapter to understand. And until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.